I built like a prototype version just for wind over Tokyo. That worked out pretty nice. And I'm like, oh, I should do the whole planet. everyone, welcome to a new episode of Data Stories. My name is Moritz Stefan and I'm an independent designer of data visualizations. I actually work as a self-employed truth and beauty operator out of my office here in the countryside in the north of Germany. And usually I do this podcast together with Enrico Bertini. He's a professor at NYU in New York. And together on this podcast, we talk about data visualization, data analysis, and generally the role data plays in our lives. Today, Enrico could not make it because we have a special guest on the show, which I will introduce in a minute. He's in Tokyo, so we could not make the time zones work. It's always a, a challenge uh, to do these recordings across the world. So Enrico will um, listen to it uh, himself later and I'll just do the conversation today. Before we start, just a quick note, our podcast is now fully listener supported. So there's no ads and we run this whole thing just based on your contributions as a listener. So If you do enjoy the show, please consider supporting us. You can do that with either recurring payments, so you can make a little donation uh, every time we publish an episode, and you can do that on patreon.com slash data stories. Or you can also send us a one-time donation on paypal.me slash data stories. It always makes us happy when we, when we see a new patron or if we receive a little uh, donation through PayPal. Yeah, and another thing I wanted to mention before we start, there's now a DataViz Society. Uh, so uh, Amy Cizal, Molly Petit, and Elijah Meeks, who we had on the show in the past, if you might remember, uh, founded this DataViz Society. It already has a few thousand members, actually, and there's a very active Slack community, and everybody's very excited and enthusiastic about this new um organization to exchange and uh, help each other out and share knowledge and so on. And so this might be interesting for you uh, listeners as well. So we'll put the link in the show notes. It's on datavisualizationsociety.com. And there's also a forum where you can apply to join and uh, founders will get back to you with an invite. So, and I think, yeah, I'm really curious what comes out of that. So, yeah, that's it for just the front matter. So let's get to our main topic. Our guest today is Cameron Beccario. Hi, Cameron. Hello. And the topic we want to talk about is one of Cameron's projects. It's called Earth or earth.nullschool.net. And it's a really stunning visualization of global weather conditions and the, like the state of the whole planet. And it's dynamic and it's pretty much real time, Let's at least on a planetary scale, I would say. It's just an amazing project. So, but before we talk about that, um, Cameron, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, what you're currently doing and so on? Sure. Uh, so I'm a software engineer by training. Uh, I've done mm -hmm. that most of my career. Uh, I'm from uh, Iowa uh, in the United States originally and uh, graduated school, went to Microsoft, worked on uh, compilers, developer tools, uh, got tired of that after a little while, uh, quit my job, and moved to Tokyo to do completely something completely different. Um, <laughs> I actually studied the language. I uh, studied mm -hmm. Japanese full-time for a year. Wow. Uh, took some time off work. Uh, and since then, I've done a number of different uh, jobs, all engineering uh, software. Mm -hmm. um, 
worked in uh, finance, did stock trading uh, platform, worked in like a small boutique company that built like inventory tracking systems for eels and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my current role, uh, I work at a, a company called Indeed. It's a job search engine. Um, I'm an engineering manager here. I actually don't do so much coding anymore for the job on the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a team of about 16 engineers and we build uh, the part of the site that collects data about companies. Mm-hmm. So reviews, ratings, salaries, photos, logos, that kind of stuff. And then we make it uh, available to job seekers so they can find out what companies to work for and which ones to avoid. Um, that's kind of what I, uh, I'm doing. And so this, this particular project, uh, Earth, is something I do on the side. Right, yeah. And I'm also super curious about your Japan experiences. So maybe at the end we will have an opportunity to talk about that as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, before, <laughs> let's talk about the project. So yeah. what is Earth and uh, what, what does it show? And which layers of information does it reveal? So Earth is like this hobby project of mine. Um, it's a visualization of the planet. You open up earth.nullschool.net and you're immediately shown the globe and there's colors that show the wind uh, velocity and also streamline like little particles streaming around in an animation that shows like the current wind conditions and it is current um right. it's not real time um mm-hmm. it's uh like what a forecast model has constructed and the forecast model uh the default one you see is called the gfs the global forecast system um it produces like data at three-hour time steps. So when you see, mm. when you open up the site, you're seeing something within, you know, within a three-hour window of now. It actually started out that way, just being wind. Uh, and over the, uh, over time, I've added, um, you know, a number of additional layers. So um, temperature and precipitation, um, particulates like PM25, mm-hmm. uh, chemical, uh, chemical layers like carbon monoxide, uh, and also ocean currents, uh, waves, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of anything I can get my hands on. The most recently added layer uh, was the aurora. So um, you can see sort of a prediction of what the current aurora is. Um, That was pretty fun to pull in. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And it's this beautiful ring uh, over the poles. It's, it's just nice. And, and that one updates every five minutes. Yeah, and the, all this information is just hidden behind this little menu. So if you go to the site yeah. earth.nullschool.net, there's, it says Earth on the bottom left. And if you open that, you get access to all these different like controls. And it's sort of, it's a bit like opening like the trunk or the <laughs> yeah. the, the motor, like the engine uh, flap. <laughs> and then you see, oh, wow, it can right. change all these parameters. It's quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to keep it sort of simple, uh, partly because my CSS uh, and like HTML skills are pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> and I just wanted it to be kind of like also a very clean view, like when you visit the site. And so, um, you know, I was hoping that people would kind of explore and uh, follow their curiosity and poke around on the globe and, you know, rotate it and maybe click on the word Earth and then see, mm-hmm. wow, all this extra stuff pops up. Yeah, it's definitely a pleasant surprise when you see that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, generally, I, I think I know the project for a few years now. I think it's five years old by now. Is that right? That's right. There's yeah. December 2013 and is when it was launched. Yeah. And I just remember when I saw that, how I was so blown away that just a single person like you can just, you know, 
assemble all this data or get their hands on all this data and display it in like this interactive form and you said it's not real real time but i would say on a planetary scale like three hours is pretty much real time yeah so right. i think that's just so amazing right like on the one hand you can get the data but also you're able to display it in the browser in this very dynamic form so can you tell us a bit about like where you get the data from and how right. much work goes into the pre-processing um Because this part is often so hidden, right? It's like you just think that fell from the sky, but probably it didn't. <laughs> Or did it? <laughs> right. Uh, I, I started the project not even sure that this data even existed. I was like, mm. ah, it would be so nice to have wind data for the whole planet. Because I, I built like a prototype version just for wind over Tokyo. Uh, and that that worked out pretty nice. And I'm like, oh, I should do the whole planet. That seems like a good next step. Uh, yeah. Not even knowing if the data and probably existed. the Wattenberg Viegas wind map was, was the initial inspiration. I it was imagine, yes. Right? Uh, yeah. I remember seeing that and just being so shocked at how awesome it looked. <laughs> um, yeah. And when it's I had some, one of these face melt moments when yeah. you see that map for the first time, you're like, "Whoa!" Right. <laughs> oh my right. god. Yeah. yeah. So it was cool, and I replicated that for Tokyo, mm -hmm. um, and then decided, "Oh, I'll do the whole planet next. Why not?" Uh, that'll right. be pretty neat to see. <laughs> and then the world. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, thankfully, I, I, you know, stumbled upon, you know, NOAA, uh, the the U.S. government, uh, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Association, I think it says. And um, mm -hmm. <laughs> they run a, a weather model that assimilates all of this data from satellites and boats and mm -hmm. buoys and air, airplanes and stationary stations, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they feed it into a model which they run on a supercomputer and then it outputs like a 12-day forecast or a 15-day forecast in three-hour steps. Okay. Um, and then they make all of the data and they do this uh, four times a day. Right. So they generate a new 15-day forecast every four, uh, four times a day. Uh, and they make all of the data available on the internet, free public domain. And I stumbled onto that and I'm like, okay, this, this is it. This is what I got to use. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was using like formats I'd never heard of before, like yeah. grib format. I'm like, what's that? I don't mm. know how to read that. Um, and luckily there's a lot of uh, open source projects uh, produced by like scientists and, and other institutions that can read grib files. Mm -hmm. And so I use that to sort of pull out the data that I want, translate it to JSON, and then use that in the browser. Uh, thankfully, like the hard, like there's not really any data cleaning that has to happen or uh, that kind of thing. The hardest part mm -hmm. is downloading um, kind of these massive files and then just Even the, like the, the setup of it, even understanding what was in the files, the terminology, right, just, right. it was very hard to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's generally with like just GIS, geographic information system data, is like there's lots of old formats. They all have crazy acronyms. And yeah. and it's it's very intimidating at the beginning, in my experience. But then, as you say, there's usually a tool kit for python for javascript for java you know like for some yeah. language yeah. that you will be able to just input this and 
hopefully get something manageable out. Right. <laughs> so and then just as a yeah. tip, like don't be scared by the acronyms, just Google them and, and find like one tool that, that seems to be solid in terms of dealing with that type of data. Right. And then uh, like once I got it to the point where it could be visualized, it just came up sort of just beautiful from, from day one. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Mm, That's cool. amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so thankfully, like not too much, the data is pretty clean. Like it is, you know, it's a product produced by the U.S. government for forecasters, forecasters, meteorologists to use for actual weather forecasts. So mm -hmm. it's got to be solid. And so you're downloading the data, putting it on a server. Um, yeah. But then you also need to visualize it, right? So and and I think the animation works really well. It's really smooth, mm -hmm. really pleasant. So can you tell us a bit about both the technology you used there, but also did you have to tweak it a lot, or did you like? Right. Come up with this pretty much straight away, and the rest was just picking the colors or the particle lengths. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, the the uh, the visualization that you see is actually four layers. It's like four um, okay DOM uh -huh. elements sitting on top of each other. Right. Uh, the bottom layer is a two D canvas, and that's where I use D three uh, to render a GeoJSON. A file of all the coastlines and mm -hmm. the um, mm -hmm. yeah the coastlines and the rivers and that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a layer above it which is WebGL canvas, uh, okay. and that's the those are the colors that you see. So that's the mm -hmm. you know the color palette for the data that you see. Right, right. There's another canvas, 2D canvas on top of that where the animation happens. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> that's that's not WebGL. I, I, it's just simple like draw a line from here to here from here to mm -hmm. here from here, here like 5,000 right. 10,000 times per frame mm -hmm. um, and then there's an SVG layer on top of that to sort of <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to put the annotations and there's a few annotations um, and there's also mm -hmm. like a nice clean edge anti-aliased edge around the the globe to make it look nice and neat uh, because yeah um because I was using techniques at the time that that uh, made it look a bit uh, ragged, and so mm -hmm. I wanted to hide that. And so, yeah, four layers. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you use yeah. the technology that works best for that specific part of the graphic that right. you want to achieve, right? And that, that right. probably makes it so smooth in the end that you never had to compromise. <laughs> but it's sort of insane <laughs> that you have four different output layers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Part of that is, you know, I entered this project as a novice. I, I, you know, I started it, I kicked it off wanting to um, learn, you know, JavaScript and mm -hmm. learn, you know, data visualization to a degree. Um, it was, uh, so I'm, I'm probably doing it very, on <laughs> not very smart way, probably. Um, <laughs> but uh, I use D3 for all the map projections. Uh, it's great, mm -hmm. just great. Um, although the uh, for the WebGL canvas, I had to um, re-implement the projections in the Fragment Shader uh, mm -hmm. to match what D3 is doing. It wasn't too bad, but it was actually pretty fun. But um, <laughs> <laughs> depending on it, your definition of fun, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was good to finally get it working. It took a while. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, that's crazy. And we should mention you have a great open VizConf talk from two or three years ago, I think, where you really go through all these different layers. I don't know if the WebGL was part of that already at this point. Uh, it was not. Yeah, yeah. 
but all the it other wasn't. layers <laughs> you go there the go geo came later. explain really well like how how you set this up and it, i found that super interesting and yeah mm -hmm. so um if uh, the listeners are interested in a more like detailed breakdown of all the like t technology, it's definitely worth worth watching. Um, yeah. So just looking back now, so it has run a while, five years, as you said. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It evolved a bit over time. You said you added more data layers. You uh, started to, yeah, t to tweak the whole thing. Right. I also saw last. Uh, like a couple of weeks ago, you put out videos which were amazing, like a one-year time-lapse of the wind uh, over the Pacific or something like this. Uh, super interesting to look at and really just beautiful. Um, so like looking over the whole project, how was it received overall? Um, I'm especially curious um, mm. how it was received among the scientific community. I know it's pretty well known in like the data visualization world, but did it also get like feedback from from outside? Quite quite a bit. Um, early on, there was a bit, a little bit of criticism from some meteorologists about sort of the meaning of the streamlines because mm -hmm. the animation mm -hmm. is an animation of an instant, you know, frozen in time of the wind field, and so right. the particles that you actually see moving aren't, you know, they're not meteorological. Like they don't have any meaning. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's not right. like the wind is actually moving that way. So that's a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a little bit. Yeah, it's also faster than let's say you had a you had a thing that would fly like a balloon or something, right? It wouldn't fly as fast as these lines are moving, right? No, no, not at all. Yeah, that would be right, right. terrifying yeah. if it was moving that fast. <laughs> yeah, if you think <laughs> everything about it, would, that would be, be destroyed insane. on the planet. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so they had concern that it might be misleading because it seems like bit, such yeah. a literal way to display it, but then it's if you read it literally, it's very wrong. Yeah, in fact, um, uh, I, I that's 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 right. Yes. Um, now, mm. most people they're not. I, I don't really get a lot of feedback from people who are, um, uh, you know, interpreting it literally. Actually, the meteorologist uh, meteorologist uh, feedback criticism was more like, this isn't really a a technique that we use in meteorology for forecasting, right? So they want to see right. like the evolution of the wind field over time or something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not. Uh, going back though, there's not so many folks who sort of interpret it literally. Uh, some do, and mm -hmm. um, you know they see, they think, for example, that the um, you know that this is an actual satellite image of the Earth, or it's literally live, like second by second, or um, or as you said, like the speed of the wind, like that's the particles moving at that speed on the ground. Right, like everything yeah. would be you know supersonic. Um, <laughs> So it was a bit surprising to see those kinds of reactions, uh, but mostly, mm -hmm. um, mostly I think people get it. Um, and whenever I try to explain sort of the, you know, the intricacies or the the subtleties, they're more like, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, it's cool, it's cool, right? <laughs> Looks neat. Good job. Um, <laughs> Good job. <yeah. laughs> uh, it, it, but uh, it was pretty well received. Um, you know, it's, uh, there's some outreach from various uh, institutions like uh, Scripps. I did a hackathon with them uh, mm -hmm. to add some some data that they had. There's a program called Argo, which is uh, which is an international program uh, that sends like robotic buoys throughout the ocean to record cool. ocean mm -hmm. information. And so mm -hmm. they wanted to visualize some stuff. Uh, there's also a, a boat called uh, Tara, which is a, like a scientific uh, sailing ship that 
goes around the the planet on two year expeditions sampling things. So mm-hmm. they reached out and wanted to do a, a partnership. Um, also, uh, the the imagery from the site has been used um, on the cover of some reports and in, in journals like Nature Climate Change, uh, a report by the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine, report by mm, the Royal Society, etc. Uh, for for mm-hmm. the aesthetics, right? Not for mm-hmm. the science, but for the aesthetics. Yeah, but that's such like so interesting also about this application. Like if you zoom in, you get this almost like generative design artworks, you know, especially if you pick one of the the crazier data layers. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time it is based on like measurements and observational data. So Yeah, I this is how the planet right? actually looks uh, in yeah. a sense. And so right, right. um it's a little, I, I, I tell people like the beauty is in the data. It's in the models that generate the data. It's not so much mm-hmm. my treatment of it. Uh, you know, I just pick the colors. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, and put it on a globe. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I, do, I definitely feel like standing on the shoulders of giants in this sense because, you know, the, the systems that generate this data are incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's, incredibly sophisticated by very you know built by very smart people uh and yeah. i take their data and <laughs> put it on the web yeah but if nobody had built such an accessible visualization it would just be in a in a cryptic gis database and there would just be like you know maybe right. thousands of people worldwide who can actually see it and that really yeah. explore it just you know so i think there's a huge value in 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 taking all this data and just making it Putting it into a form that's immediately accessible and attractive. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of feedback that I get from from scientists. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Hey, you know, I, this is great for outreach. We wouldn't necessarily use it for like science, but for yeah. communicating yeah. what we're doing, we'd love to use that tool." So, mm-hmm. right, right. You, you mentioned before you also had a few like crazier usages uh, <laughs> that you're aware of. Like, yeah, um, someone sent me a. A tweet. They're like, "Hey, your 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 wind map is on a can of beer," and I'm like, um, <laughs> "What?" Uh, and yeah, sure enough, there was a there's a brewery in Brooklyn that put an image of the wind map on their beer, and I immediately contacted them like, "Can I have some beer?" <laughs> yeah, you owe me a bit here. <laughs> yeah, and they drank it all. Unfortunately, it was all gone. Um. That's and crazy. also uh, some like board shorts, like surfboard shorts. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, that was also uh, pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I have two pairs of it, <laughs> two pairs of them. So nice. And, and I don't surf. Yeah. And are you like okay with that? Is like, is it fine if someone just takes a screenshot and uses it, or are you, you know, a bit like, eh, they could have asked. I, they could have asked, and they made amends after I brought it up. Um, I do like, you know, it's nice when people give you credit and kind of acknowledge it yeah. as you're and, and, you know, reach out and, uh, you know, seek permission. and At least put the URL or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so most people do that. They definitely reach out and say, hey, can we, can we do something? And, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But that also shows people just take it also just as an aesthetic product or as a, an artwork or like an artistic exploration, right? And right. Because probably the beer company didn't really care about the <laughs> atmospheric conditions. <laughs> so they, just, they just saw a cool visual to use, right? Right. There's actually, uh, there's been quite a f- 
not 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 many, but some artists who will you know incorporate it into their into their artwork or into their shows, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or um, will be inspired by the visuals that they see and construct new art artwork on top of it. Um, yeah. And then there's folks who take sort of the open source version of the site and adapt it to their needs. So, you know, bird and bird watchers. Uh, someone built a, a version that shows whale migrations. Um, mm-hmm. There's others who have used it for boat racing and firefighting and um, a lot of educators. I was surprised sort of a lot of how, how many educators use it in their classrooms, it, mm-hmm. all, you know, from first grade all the way up to graduate school. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't expect that when I started this. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And I, so I've seen the code is up on GitHub. Is it also, is it easy to swap out a data layer or bring in your own data or is, is that uh, difficult? The the version up on GitHub is an older version. Um, mm-hmm. Back when I was, it's <laughs> it's it's a version of the site back when you could tell I didn't know how to code in JavaScript. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, it's a- any project I look at that is older than two years makes me cringe horribly. Yeah, and probably even the ones now I will cringe. You know, will make me cringe in two yeah, years. If you don't, so that's that's the nature of how it goes. Yeah. If you don't look back <laughs> on your code from like six weeks ago and go, "Oh my god, what was I thinking?" <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> right? Like, you're not really growing. Um, yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you don't need to apologize. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I think uh, there have been people who have um, swapped out data layers. One of the more interesting ones that I saw was plate tectonics. Someone built ah, um, sort of the movement yeah. of the plate tectonics. That was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So it's been running for five years. Mm-hmm. Is the project for you? Is it like pretty much done and you're ready to move on and just let it keep no, going? It's, or do it's, you want to like keep extending it? Or where, where are you at with the yeah. project? It's never going to be done. It's like, <laughs> it's software. <laughs> it's no, no more. It's more like my obsession now. It's um, mm-hmm. it's kind of the sandbox where I can try, you know, all kinds of different technologies. Whatever, whatever tech out there sounds interesting, uh, you know, kind of fits in somewhere. You know, WebGL yeah. or you know, AWS or. Um, mm-hmm color palettes, you know, making them look nice or right, right. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's become this like area where I can just test out new ideas or build new skills. Uh, mm-hmm. And I want to keep adding more data and make it more accessible and maybe make it really easy for people to add their own data layers. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much, I, I, I see all the, the flaws and I want to fix them all. <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah, yeah so i'm gonna keep going on it no but it's great and it's i, I think it's just nice how 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 worked uh, how well this whole project has has worked out for you at least that's my perception of it it's just something yeah. you tried out and then it became this this like long story of this long going project that led to so many connections and ideas and reuses and so on. So I think that's just a fantastic development. Yeah, but it, it, it does give me some concern. Like I, I, I see a lot of, you know, other data viz practitioners um, who come out with like wildly different visualizations, you know, mm-hmm. different projects and right. they're amazing. And it seems like, you know, how much growth is happening as, as each of those projects hap- uh, yeah. uh, get published. And I'm yeah. like, I'm the wind map guy. And that's like my only <laughs> project. Um, I mean, there's a lot of 
like I said, there's a lot of components in there that, that are personally appealing um, for me to like work on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, in terms of like new, new, wild, wildly new things I can show folks. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm comfortable with yeah. that, but it's not like yeah. you get invited to, you know, talk at conferences, say, um, more than once, right? Because right, right, because right. everybody's already familiar with it, right? Yeah, um, yeah which is yeah. which is yeah, fine. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, understand. I mean, yeah. it's familiar yeah. enough, in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're saying it's a curse and a blessing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally true. I was also thinking if, like, if you were to do it today, if you mm. were, if you would even just put out a visualization of the world. You know, with one button to click, you know, because now everybody talks about, oh, there needs to be a story or you need yeah. to somehow make it interesting, needs to work on mobile, you know, so <laughs> maybe you wouldn't even publish it the same way today. Or would you? I think that's, that's I, an interesting uh, thing to think about. I would, you? would publish it exactly the same way. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, one, one, one itch that this project scratches for me is sort of a artistic aesthetic um need to just create something that you know i find visually appealing and mm-hmm. you know i don't want to clutter the the page with you know text or you know buttons or social network buttons or i like the clean i don't know i just i like the clean view that you get right from the beginning and it's like something you could just put on your wall and be done right uh i i wouldn't really change that yeah yeah and i think it still works but i think this the side guys maybe ha- has like developed in a direction where you wouldn't even do something like that in that form anymore although i think it's wonderful and so mm. yeah I, I think you should put it out today the same way <laughs> so I, I, I totally would, agree <laughs> i would redo the menu it's horrible the menu is terrible <laughs> Uh, especially on mobile. Please don't visit on mobile. <laughs> I mean, the visualization works, but not the menu. It's terrible. It works well on mobile, actually. Like just performance-wise, yeah. Like I impressive. I want yeah. I wanted to make sure it worked well on mobile, but um, mm. my CSS skills are not not good enough to to make the menu look really nice. That's that's kind of like the next thing I want to. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the flaws that I really want to fix. Details, details. Yeah. Anyways, great project. I, I'd love to talk to you in five years about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, it how it has developed then. Probably it's like 5D hologram, VR, AR. Oh, thing. AR would be amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that would be so amazing. I wouldn't mind, yeah. <laughs> that's on Maybe the that's list. Something for, yeah, a good plan for the year, make an AR version. Maybe in yeah. like three years from now at my rate, yeah. the rate that I go at getting <laughs> through my feature list, so... Yeah. Can we briefly chat a bit about Japan as well? Sure, because sure. We always try to get, as you might know, like we, we try to have sort of an international view also on data visualization, but we don't really have a good grip on what's happening in China and what's happening yeah. in Japan, what's happening yeah. in Asia in general. Um, and so I'm super curious, like, is there interesting data visualization work happening in Japan or let's say also generally creative code front end development things? Right. And we're just not that aware, or is it not that popular? Like, what's your perspective? I don't know if you have a good overview, but I'm just curious about anything from this yeah. direction. I don't have a good overview. Um, I'm a bit isolated in in mm-hmm. you know kind of the work that I do and um, and you know my language skills. Uh, but um, you know we uh, 
in in my office at Indeed, we hosted uh, the DataViz Japan Data Visualization Japan group. Uh, they they do like an annual meetup. It's like a mini mm-hmm. conference. We did that a couple Great. of years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably the largest group that I know um, mm-hmm. here in in Japan that's doing DataViz or our DataViz practitioners. Um, in my experience, and you know, take this with a grain of salt. It's just based on my own observations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that. DataViz practitioners tend to be, you know, in institutions um, like universities or are part of like TV and news organizations, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which in Japan tend to be quite conservative in the sense that they change slowly. Um, oh, I don't, okay. I mm-hmm. don't really see many, say, freelancers. Right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Shirley Wu was actually out here a, a year ago, and she spent, I believe, True. It was yeah. three months mm-hmm. or something like that. And she, mm-hmm. I remember, um, she remarked at how hard it was to find. You know, data viz practitioners, particularly uh, women here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think also like there's more. I also see sort of data viz coming out of like design studios, but it's mm-hmm. more of an artistic bend to it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but again, like like I said, uh, this is just my observations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even know if it's reality or so. Not. It might also just be harder to find, or yeah, we, we don't have the right terms to to look yeah. for it. Maybe or something. Yeah. 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 I'm super curious. So, listeners, if you know somebody cool from Japan, let us know. Yeah. Can, uh, let me know too. <laughs> we're all happy to learn more. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, in my feeling, it would be such a good match. Like you know, in terms of like the. There's this design savviness, of course, in Japan, and that oh, it's should amazing. Be, you know, there should be great data visualization from Japan. <laughs> there must be. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've seen some that are just mm-hmm. astonishing, um, mm-hmm. like the Tohoku earthquake that happened uh, in 2011. Um, mm-hmm. Great data visualization that showed sort of the progression of all the 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 earthquakes and then the aftershocks mm-hmm. uh, that happened. It was astonishing. I'll uh, I'll send you the link. Um, yeah, that would be great. That was that was pretty cool. Uh, so there's, there, I'm sure it's out here, right? Um, just maybe not as visible as say, like elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, language is often the the biggest barrier. Yeah. And, but again, listeners, if you have any pointers, we're super curious. Yeah. So thanks so much, Cameron. That was super interesting. I love your project. It's one of my all-time favorites. Thanks, and so thanks. I was happy to learn a bit more about it. If you want to go more in depth, the Open Visconf talk is great. We'll link the video. And other than that, just go to the site, zoom in, pan, change the layers. Try to break it. Enjoy the, the beauty <laughs> of data, really. Um, thanks so much. And Thank you. Curious to talk in five years when, when we have the AR yeah. version. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks, Cameron. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey folks, thanks for listening to Data Stories again. Before you leave, a few last notes. This show is now completely crowdfunded. So you can support us by going on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash data stories. And if you can spend a couple of minutes rating us on iTunes, that would be extremely helpful for the show. And here's also some information on the many ways you can get news directly from us. We're, of course, on Twitter at twitter.com slash data stories. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash data stories podcast, all in one word. And we also have a Slack channel 
where you can chat with us directly. And to sign up, you can go to our homepage, datastory.es, and there is a button at the bottom of the page. And we also have an email newsletter. So if you want to get news directly into your inbox and be notified whenever we publish an episode, you can go to our homepage, datastory.es, and look for the link you find at the bottom in the footer. So one last thing we want to tell you is that we love to get in touch with our listeners, especially if you want to suggest a way to improve the show or amazing people you want us to invite or even projects you want us to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And don't hesitate to get in touch with us. It's always a great thing for to hear from you. So see you next time. And thanks for listening to Data Stories.